Like I said, there are three pages. The first page is an outline of what we're going to do over the course of the class. And the foundation is today. So we'll talk more about that in a second. And it's talking about the missing gospel. I'll get into what that means in a second. But then why religious change doesn't work. The gospel has gifted righteousness to us. Then changed without a command. God is better changed by sight, gospel-centered relationship, extravagant generosity, urgent mission, expect great things. But if not, why are there commands in Scripture? And what is the right way to work for God? So those are the first several weeks that we're going to do, and that takes us through the end of August. And then the first week in September is going to be somewhat of a, if you recall, or maybe you don't know this, in September we're going to do a new members class. So when we talk about what does a gospel-centered church look like, that will segue into the new members class. Now, there is a precise thing that I wanted to talk about with the missing gospel. And rather than try to recount everything, I was going to start by uh, doing something. So if if you went to the church's website, maybe, there it is, bam. If you haven't ever been there, it's, it's delightful. It's got lots of stuff on it. Okay, you can scroll down. There you go. You can see the upcoming events we have. Uh, but we're not going to do that today. Uh, I've got to figure out how to scroll up. Or I could just hit this. There we go. Okay, you go to services. Right here. I know this is fascinating as you look at this. And we have Sunday school on Sunday morning. Our current class, the gospel. If you click on that, that'll... Thank you, which we're going to do in a second. Our Sunday morning services. You can watch on Facebook Live and for some, you can click here. Here's the Wednesday Bible study we're doing, all of which is very good stuff. But here is the gospel. Here's the class we're doing now. And so rather than try to recount everything, I'm going to play you, some of you may be familiar with an audio book. This is an audio book, and we're going to play this, and hopefully this works for the first 15 minutes or so of class and it looks like it's working the gospel all right now i won't every week uh do that but i didn't think there was a way to communicate what we are hoping to learn better than that was and i don't know who they got to read that book he did a really bad job job. (laughs) i don't know about that (laughs) <laughs> well, anyway, so, so yes, so, so that's, uh, not every week will I play a book on tape, or it's not really technically on tape, but, but we will try to discuss this. But, so it talks about the missing gospel, and it, 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 he used a few analogies. I don't know if any of those uh, hit more home with you than, than others. But I will go around and we will, if you had a favorite one or one that stuck out in your mind, we'll let you go. We'll let Miss Barbara go first because she seems like she paid attention. (laughs) Was there one that stood out to you? You can just say no. None of them stood out. They were all equally lame. Um, I don't know. Okay. None of them stood out to you. Did anything stand out to you, Miss Anita? All of them did. All of them did. They were all equally lame. Gotcha. But, you know, it, it just started off with the missing gospel. 
it is so true. Sometimes we just get caught up in do this and do this and do this and do this, and then you got your ticket to heaven. Right. And um, that's not true. We can do everything in the church, but if we don't have the gospel inside of us, right. and we're not doing what basically the if we're not loving God, we're just doing right. nothing. Yeah, I think I think Paul's being slightly hyperbolic when he uses that list of speaking the tongues of men and of angels, um, give my body to be burned and all that. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think anyone would literally do that if they didn't love God. Bar- Miss Barbara, you've changed your mind. There was a thought I had. Uh, Miss Anita brings it back to me a little bit. Is the fact I thought to myself, well, basically, it's your heart. You have to open yeah. your heart. You can't harden your heart. Right. Yeah, in Ephesians, he says, open the eyes of your heart. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. It's not so many times. And, and I think this is how we're built as humans. So many times we, we hear this, we try to do better. Uh, we, try to, we, we try to make God love us more by doing better. And yet, why, why does God show the favor on us that he does? Well, it's because of his son, Jesus, having the gift of, of a perfect life that is imputated to us. So, so, so when God looks on us, he sees the perfect life of Christ. And so there's nothing that we could possibly do to make that any better. So did you have a favorite uh, story there, Pastor Travis? Being able to articulate the gospel with accuracy is one thing. Having truth captivating your soul is quite enough. Yeah. So articulating the gospel. Yes, articulating the gospel is, is important. Now, I will tell you my favorite story. Now that oh, Mark, did you have a favorite story? No, okay, all right, all right. I, my favorite story was where he talked about killing the rose bushes. Yeah. And he's like going out and he's like just stapling roses from the store onto the bushes. And it would look better. You know, it would look as if everything was right. And, and he says... Tripp says that the normal reaction that Christians have is very similar to that. We're not doing good, so we want to look better. Uh, if you don't believe me, go to Facebook. Okay. I, yesterday, I was meeting with a group of, of men. We were talking about some things, and there was a, we had all of us have a mutual friend who is a pastor who is going through a really hard time, has had to take a sabbatical from his leadership position in order to get his house in order so that he can continue to serve God, okay? And yet, if you look at my friend's Facebook page, nothing's awry there. They're presenting themselves as having a perfect relationship as if there's no, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm, I'm not arguing that our Facebook pages need to display the filthiness of our hearts. That's not what I'm arguing. But what I am arguing is, is that we make every effort to make ourselves look good for others because we think that's important. And the one we really need to look good for, it's, I, I had a friend, I know it's shocking, but I, I had a friend who, who was talking about how he, he went to a church and he said he did not wear a suit one week to church 
and got all kinds of dirt. You don't want to dress up for God. You don't believe that God is worthy of your best. And his response was, God already knows what I am. He sees beyond. I am not wearing any clothing that can mask anything that I have inside me from God. God sees all of that already. There's nothing I can do to change that. So if I'm dressing for anyone, it's for you. And, and that was the discussion he had. And, but it's so true that we often try to cloak ourselves so that other people think we look good. And it's tantamount to taking roses and stapling them to dead rose bushes so it'll look good for people. And that's all we're doing. Uh, we're dressing up something that's dead. And so what are you saying in the, in the return? I'm saying come back next week and learn more, but no. Uh, but doing that, eventually you see through, other people see through the dressing. Sometimes today, yeah. And that's why people leave and go to a different church where people don't know them. And, can, and they can mask again. But see, whenever we, we, we look at the people in the church that are passing that judgment on there, if we understood the gospel... It's about going to be with Christ, not be with what impress somebody else. But unfortunately, just like you said, those others make it to the point that we have to do these things or we will draw attention to ourselves. So we have to dress up because we don't want to upset someone else. We have to say the right things because we don't want to, we don't want to air our dirty laundry because we don't want people to be talking about us. Right. When in reality, we should be able to come in and air our dirty laundry to our brothers and sisters, and they will uplift us, not condemn us. But unfortunately, the churches went the other direction. And that's why a lot of times when we talk about the missing gospel, it's because we're afraid to, to be truthful. I think it's more that we're missing the gospel. Yeah. If you look at the the center character, mm. no, central non-Jesus character of the Bible. So let's take Jesus out of it. He's the central character, okay. But the, the non-Jesus central human of the Bible, who would we say? Well, when, when the Bible talks about it, it says the son of David, the son of Abraham is when it introduces Jesus. David is the one who has promised that they will build, that, that God will build him a temple. Uh, he promises that several places. Amos, most famously in the Old Testament, and then, and then, and then in Acts, I think it's 17, where James talks about how that's actually accomplished through Jesus. So, so if you may have an argument for another character, we will hear those arguments if you want. But I'm going to say David is the most central non-Jesus human character of the Bible. Okay. And if that's the case, we have someone who, when he wrote Psalms, he frequently said, I've messed up. Here's what I've done. Doing what we would call airing our dirty laundry. Okay? And yet, he, he is a very central character in the Bible. He is a very uh, prominent figure. And it's not because of what he did. It's not because he lived a perfect life. It's because of what God did through him, of what God was able to accomplish in spite of David's flaws. David famously had a man killed so he could, you know, commit adultery and all that. Those are not honorable things. And yet, is 
one of only a few characters that's brought up again and again as the seed of promise and that going through. So I like the story about the staples. Um, what, was the, what was the other story that I... Yeah, the weed killer. What? The Christmas gift, yes. The Christmas gift for the, uh, for the girl. And like, he didn't really accomplish anything by... By giving away his sister's sweater to uh, to the girl. I thought myself, well, it's lucky he had a sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fortunate that he had a sister for that particular thing. But I liked how he went to a sporting goods store. You know, a good place to look for romantic gifts. Yeah, that was that was that was entertaining there. But but we see that our concept of the gospel is missing. When it says the missing gospel, it is not that the gospel is missing. We have the facts, as he said, you know, the, the birth, life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. We know those things. We say those things. We, we believe those things. But it, we do not allow it to captivate everything we do. It merely is a list of facts. And when we try to increase our standing with God, we don't often do that by admitting we're sinners admitting that we're incapable on our own of satisfying God in any way. You know, the, the Bible talks about our, our, our good works being as filthy rags. I, I, I used to tell this story when I was potty training. Uh, my, my kids don't like it, but since they didn't come, I'm telling it anyway. Um, but imagine most of you have seen people be potty trained and you're teaching them to use the bathroom. And so imagine the story, which is mostly fictitious. Uh, my kid runs up to me and says to me, Daddy, Daddy, I've got good news. What's that? I made it to the bathroom. All right, that's great. But I've got bad news too. What's that? I didn't make it to the toilet. Okay. And so my kid is holding up to me this great deed that he's done. And what has he done? He's left me with a poopy floor. Okay? Like, that's terrible. And when the Bible talks about our good works are as filthy rags, it's talking about one of two things, either being menstrual rags or diapers. So we'll use the diaper analogy because that goes with what I was talking about. And we hold up our good works to God and say, yeah, yeah, look at what I've done. And all we're showing him are poopy rags. And you know what God does? He looks at us and says, that's great. Let's do better next time. Hopefully that's the reaction I have to my kid, you know, who made it to the bathroom but didn't make it to the toilet. I say, that's great, but let's do better next time. Because that is what our good works are to God. When we try to achieve a greater stand with God by doing better, we're not going to do it because our good works are like filthy rags. And that is what it's talking about when it says the missing gospel. It's not that we don't have the facts, as Vody says in the latest edition of the podcast, the facts of it, those are essential. It is insufficient to not have the truth encompassing our lives. The gospel is more than just a set of events. It is more than just 
the ticket to heaven, the launching point of our Christian lives. It is, as the book says, the pool in which we bathe. And that is what the gospel is. So as you look ahead to next week and say, why religious change doesn't work? Well, that's next week's lesson. Why is religious change insufficient? Why is that not good enough for this gospel-changing life. And remember, we're focusing on getting to September when we talk, what does a gospel-centered church look like? That's what we're looking towards. That's, that's the end goal. If you want to start with the end in mind, the end is we want to know what a gospel-centered church looks like, hopefully so that in September, as we have people taking the new members class, we are a gospel-centered church, a church that is so encompassed by the love of God that that is what people say about us. That First Baptist Church of Castleberry, that is a gospel-moved church. That is what a church should look like. It is gospel-centered. And it's not because we are doing works, or, or as Paul says, I think hyperbolically in 1 Corinthians 13, that speak with the tongues of men and of angels, Give my body to be burned. Speak with all knowledge. That's an impressive list to be sure. But that is not changing. There's a quote that I love. It says, People may not remember what you said or what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And so with that, that is what we want to be. We want to impact others with the gospel. And that is not done by accomplishing a list, by trying to mark off criteria because we could never do it. It is going to be done by having the love of God and having it flow from us in such a way that when others see us, they glorify God. Amen. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few months. So are there any questions? Additions, subtractions, insertions, deletions? Questions, comments, anything? All right. Am I the only one that liked the dog story? Well, I, you didn't even mention it, the dog story. The dog was a great Christian. He didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't swear. You like that? Yeah. Yes, I do. So, all right. And uh, so for those of you who, who didn't get here on time or didn't want to get here on time or didn't want to... And here, you can go to the church's website and click on services and see all of the notes and the audio will be up there uh, for this class. And hopefully uh, you will enjoy that. So let me close this in prayer so the music people can do what they need to do and we'll go from there. So, all right, let's pray. Dear God, we come before you as in sufficient, inadequate, with hearts of stone. And we pray that you would turn our hearts of stones into hearts of flesh. Make us more like you. Make us love you and live for you so that the outpouring of our lives improves us and realize that it's not the improving of our lives that makes us more lovable to you. Pray that you would help us to live the gospel in everything we do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right.
that's it.